1: Okay, the Penn State Blitz podcast, March, early March edition. Uh, we're finally here on Bob Flounders of Penn Live, obviously, in the studio, our new studio. It's still, I can, you can still say it's new, with Greg Pickle. Always a lot to get to, Greg. We're going to talk about, unfortunately for Penn State and Penn State fans, a 2021 class decommit, the impact of that. We're going to look at how the Penn State Nittany Lions did in the 2020 NFL Combine. We're going to take a, just a quick sneak peek. At some possible Penn State presence in the 2021 NFL Combine. And we're going to wrap it up with the Penn State Mail Deck. So w- let's break it down. Penn State's 20- 2021 class is not that big, and it just got smaller. Penn State lost a de- – they got a decommit, uh, and it was a t- tight end from Florida. That's right.
0: Yeah, Nick Elksness Sunday afternoon as John Reed was performing well and getting uh... – a. Kudos from Deion Sanders at the Combine. Uh, Nick Elkson's the tight end from Florida, decommitted. No great shock, I would say, Bob. I mean, I think that, you know, when a guy is that far away from your campus and you've had some offensive coaching staff turnover like Penn State has, his position coach, or now I guess former future Mm -hmm. position coach, Tyler Bowen, would have still been there. But, you know, you combine the fact that he has much easier access to Florida and to Florida State and to Miami – uh, with the fact that Penn State's success in Florida has come almost primarily uh, because of Jaywan Cider over the last right. few years. And while he was involved in this recruitment, you know, he wasn't one of the guys I think it didn't feel like it was a Cider commitment, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that there were some other uh, coaching staff members in play and things like that. So, you know, you're going to, I think the more you look at it, geography is never going to really work in your favor when you get a kid from that far mm-hmm. away to commit to you that early. I mean, he committed last July. So well before he could even uh, consider signing, well before he could even take an official visit somewhere. Uh, sometimes with decommitments, uh, as Nate Bruce is a good example of, you can decommit and then commit back. I don't see that being right. the case here, Bob. So just two commits left now in Penn State's class of 2021, Nate Bruce, of course, and Liam <laughs> Clifford. <laughs> could the, you imagine uh, if he had still decommitted? Right. We'd
1: really be like, uh, so just Sean Clifford's brother then. Right.
0: So, uh, you know, there's a panic out there, I think, among the fan base a little bit, uh-huh. Bob, that gets concerned about that number. You know, Ohio State is among the top uh, classes in the country. Yet again, they have the two PA kids, Marvin Harrison and Kyle McCord. There's some other Power Five programs that Penn State is in the same conversation, right. with it as it relates to the playoff, that have pretty big classes at this point. Penn State does not. I don't think it's time to worry yet. They're everyone they want for the most part is still out there. A lot of high four stars, five stars. You know, it, it's a big year for offensive line recruiting. Right. It'll be time to panic when some of these guys that are out there start going elsewhere. But for right now, I think you just have to sit back, and relax, and realize that the recruiting calendar has changed so much. It hurt Penn State mostly because of staff turnover and they couldn't have kids on mm-hmm. campus in February to meet some of these uh, new coaches. So we'll see how things shake
1: out. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say is it the reason there maybe shouldn't be. Uh, panic. I mean, Penn State has Brenton Strange, a young tight end already, and this is Theo Johnson from this class is January enrolled. He's already up the campus, and there's another tight end. I Tyler Warren. Yep. Tyler Warren. So they do have three young tight ends kind of in the pipeline. Had they not gotten maybe a second tight end in the 2020 class, maybe you get a little bit more crazy. But do you think they will go after yet, and they will go after a tight end in this class. I then. think
0: so. There's some options out there. It doesn't mean though they're a favorite for any of them at this point. But I, I think they'll end up getting one. I, this with the transfer portal and with guys leaving early for the NFL, I think you're always going right. to want one guy at least at every position every year if you can swing it. That said, Kirk Sherrod. We've talked before that Kirk Sherrod didn't necessarily use a tight end in his offense at Minnesota, and it worked fine. So, if Penn State would get to a point where maybe it didn't get a guy this year, some things didn't pan out as expected, I guess the good news would be that you know he can adapt his offense to not having that position as a strength like he does right now.
1: Okay. Uh, and also, I just want to say before we get to uh, the Penn Staters and the combine, I just wanted to congratulate you, your selection of uh, shirt color. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are listening on the podcast, you mm-hmm. can't see it, but Greg and I, without consulting each other, which we never do, somehow managed to wear almost the exact same colored shirt right. to go with jeans. So it's like that uh, movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, Twins, only <laughs> like 35 <laughs> years later, and one of us isn't a midget. Other than that, other than that. on that note, let's move forward. By the way, we're just doing one video here in the studio, one, obviously the podcast in the studio, because yep. uh, as we tape this, Greg, we're going he- to get in, in my car, yep. and we're going to be driving the speed limit. With Joe Hermit, mm-hmm. and we're going to get up to a Penn State weight training. You know, get a chance to look at them, kind of wrap things up. Get a chance to talk to the strength coach Dwight Galt. Just looking at social media, it sounds like Micah Parsons set yet another record. Mm-hmm. We'll get well, that's just like a tease if you haven't heard. But I'm sure he'll be talking about Dwight. We're going to be actually doing some uh, some work from Uppen State College. Just want to let you know that in case there's a panic that there wasn't a second studio video. Don't worry, there's more coming. Now let's talk about Penn State and the 2020 combine because we're gonna talk about the 2021 combine let's talk about the 2020 combine five guys at the combine for penn state kj Hamler didn't do much didn't run kind of disappointing but you got to understand he wants to be healthy for the pro day run the 40 it's going to be a big deal as you look at how penn state's players did the quartet really did um in indianapolis what jumped out to you
0: yeah i thought that robert windsor was and we had talked about this last week but Rob Windsor was kind of a guy who maybe could play himself into the back end of the draft. Yeah, and sure. And the testing numbers were there. Uh, and the same can be said for John Reed. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen this before where it looks like guys were going to go from fringe draft pick, most yeah. likely undrafted free agent. They go to the combine. Things go really well. It appears they're going to sneak into the back end of the draft yeah. for sure. Then it doesn't work out that way. So I think you have to look at it with a small grain of salt. But I was impressed by what he did. I think he was underrated during his time at Penn State. He didn't necessarily get the credit You're about for, Windsor. Yeah, okay. Windsor for the the yeah 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 for what he did while his while he was at Penn State. Mm-hmm. With John Reed, he tested well. Deion Sanders, I know, and you know that I don't know if technique and fundamentals stuff were ever a huge problem for him. And you know the fact that he was smooth is something mm-hmm. that Sanders pointed out, and that's great. And last time he uh, mentioned the Penn State defensive back was Trey, Trey Apke, Nice, and that worked pull. out well. So we'll see, Um, you know, the tape and the testing and all that will have to be put together. But they always test well out there. That's a credit to Dwight Galt and also the people that train these guys after they leave Penn State. Um, Another good year.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, think one thing that I think the fans should remember is, so if you're Robert Windsor and John Reed and you've played yourself into, who knows how teams view you, say you were either on the bubble to be drafted or go in the seventh round. You know, if you're these guys, you might. Prefer to be a free agent because you can kind of pick your spot. Right. You can kind of look at the team and see what your chances are of making, it, as as opposed to being drafted by one team and that really kind of right. Uh, you know, really kind of compromises your chances a little bit. Who knows? They could go earlier, but I think they were both viewed as late round guys as best. And maybe John Reed really helped himself. Cam Brown, I didn't think run did not really run the way I thought he would. I think he ran in the four sevens. Yeah. Maybe high four sevens. I don't think I don't believe Etor Did not ran. ran. Um, I think as, as we as we talk about it now, Greg, Etor is still because there's a dearth, big word. There's a dearth of edge pass rushers mm-hmm. other than the Ohio State kid who's escaping me, even though he could be Chase the, Young. Chase Young, he yep. could be the he wrecked Penn State's offensive line. I couldn't remember his name, so good kudos to me. Other than him, there's no set defensive end, pure pass rusher. I really like AJ Epinesa, but maybe not a pass rusher as much as a all around player. I think Etor's still got a real good, sh- good shot to go in the first round. Yeah. Um, as far as KJ, um, Penn State's Pro Day is St. Patrick's Day. Yep. So that's kind of, we're a little sad about that for obvious reasons. I think if people have been playing along with us the last couple of years. It's going to delay some things. Right. You know, if he runs well and, he, and a team late in the first round, yeah. you know, feels like they're one, one dangerous weapon away that's similar to Deshaun Jackson, which he's been compared to. He could pop into the first round, or yeah. but more than likely he might he might find a home somewhere in the second round, and there's, there's obviously nothing wrong with that. I think Cam Brown is a mystery man. Mid-rounds, late rounds, did he help himself with the combine? I don't know. There still might be a couple guys, Greg, that didn't participate in the combine that could get drafted late. Jan Johnson is the name that comes to mind. I don't know how people feel about Garrett Taylor, mm-hmm. but I think it will be a very interesting draft weekend for the Penn State Nittany Lions.
0: A lot of sitting around and waiting, I think.
1: It- you're right, guys could go in the 4th, 5th, 6th, who knows, day 3 will be interesting.
0: Uh, I guess we'll get to the commercial now, Penn State Blitz podcast. I would love, well, I would love it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Apple. If you're watching, don't confuse Greg and I talking because of our similar shirt pullover with the colors. This is Greg again, it's not me talking about One about, of these the days, YouTubes. when we
0: get the green screen fired up in here, we're both going to wear green shirts no. and then you'll just see our heads. One of
1: these days, I'm going to wear I'm going to wear the orange sherbet tux from Dumb and Dumber. And you're gonna wear the powder blue tux with the top hat. Maybe we'll do it if they ma- if they make the national college playoff. There you go. Maybe we'll rent some tux, and we'll just we'll do the next pod we'll do the next podcast in blitz and tuxedo. So there you go. We'll have to check if that's in the budget. That is something to shoot for. But anyway, I'm interrupting you. Sorry. Yep, the Penn State Blitz podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your audio.
0: Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. If you're watching the Blitz on youtube.com slash allpennstate, or of course on pennlivecom slash allpennstate, don't forget to check back later Wednesday, Thursday morning. We're going to have more there, including another video about the weight room stuff, Dwight Galt. That seemed like a surprise to you. Did you really think Joe Hermit was going to go to state college with us and not shoot a <laughs> video of us talking? So we'll get to that later.
1: Let's move on to 2021 Combine's on deck. The 2020 Combine, Greg, I think was just, you know, once it became apparent that KJ wasn't going to run, I think if you're a Penn State fan, yeah. the last couple of years, the Barkley-Gasicki Combine mm. and the, with Apke, yeah. I thought Penn State kind of stole the show. I thought the way that Miles and some other performed last year, you know, big thumbs up. And Penn State was talked about a lot during I, during uh, the, broad, uh, the telecast. Well, I think that could happen again next year just because of a couple players um, that might be at the combine. I think it could be very interesting, if a, especially if a couple of underclassmen for Penn State are very talented, decide to come out. And it would be a shock if they didn't, but I think that they have a chance, especially one player in particular that we, we always talk a lot about. But it's the 2021 combine shapes up where you could see seven, eight, nine Penn State players at this combine, and a couple of them might be just major storylines. Um, I know we'll talk about a couple, but who... Other than the obvious, who are a couple of guys that you think maybe could really put on a show uh, a year from now in Indianapolis?
0: Yeah, I got to say first, I hope the TV ratings this year were bad because the primetime thing kind of ruined it for me. It wasn't really of interest to me. Well, I mean, next year we might be there. Well, you never know. That's true. But obviously, number 11, Micah Parsons, uh, will be one to watch if he does come out of school early, which we assume that he will. You know, Michael Bennett will have to go there next year, could have went this year, decides to come back. Love it. You know, we've watched him do all kinds of athletic things since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And so him testing well will not come as a surprise there. Uh, I know in the piece he wrote, you mentioned Journey Brown. And he does, yeah. especially as a pure runner, I sure. mean, it's amazing how much time these guys can shave when they just focus on proper technique and, and running that. He's only already that, got only the sprinter only back Right, now. He knows so how to run. The, yeah, those guys obviously jump off the page at you. Maybe some others uh, will too. But I do think that uh, you're when you're right. Next year could be a show stealing year for Penn State. Pat count, Fryermuth, right? I yep. mean,
1: if he can run in the four sixes, looking like Godzilla. Right. I mean that in a good way, Pat. Looking like Godzilla, and he. I mean, he could be sitting on a. You know, he was very close this year. I mean, he could be the Mackey Award winner. He could be first team All Big Ten. He could be an All American. Yep. You know, type player, much like Micah. He's another guy. Um, a couple of interesting guys for me. You know, you never know how things are going to go, but. You know, Shaka Tony should, in theory, be there next yep. year. And I don't know if the Penn State uh, fan base caught this, but when they interviewed Itor Gross Matos out there, he mentioned there was a sophomore named Jason Owe, yeah, who ran 4-3 at 260 pounds. And the guy that was tweeting it out said it's, like, impossible. Yeah. But, I mean, Micah told me, and I told, he told you last year that he beat him in his forty time was better, and this guy's fifteen pounds heavier. Right, and we are assuming that Micah's 4'4 was legit. So, you know, I, it would be really a projection I think for Jason to go next year. But if he has a breakout year, I mean, you just eventually he's going to go to the combine and he's going right. to put on a show, and people are going to be talking about him. Tariq Castro fields. I got. Yes. I get YGM and TCF. Mixed up sometimes he, could, challenge. Run, he could run sometimes. I, mean, I just think there's a lot of guys. If John Dotson has a big year this mm-hmm. year, I mean, they could, they could have double-digit number performers at the combine. In that case, we're definitely going. So that's good news for downtown Indianapolis.
0: Right. No question. We have a couple of good spots there that we enjoy. Maybe we'll talk about them on a future podcast.
1: <laughs> All right. So I think we wrapped up present and future combines in Penn State. So that means really... The only thing left is the Penn State mailbag, and there is, you know, the most obvious thing as we are now in March. You know, winter conditioning is wrapped up. It's almost time for the start of spring practice. Unofficially, or officially, when is Penn State's first media availability is right on the heels yeah, it's of that like, pro day? Right. Is it 17-18 like, or 16-17? 18-19, something in that
0: ballpark, yeah. So uh, it'll be here before we know it. So the guys are on spring break next week, so oh, they're all out of town. Uh, Then when they come back, you know, things pretty much get going um, the second that they're back in town. So it'll be interesting, Bob, as you look at, um, and we've kind of kicked around some spring questions Mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks, but I'm interested in focusing on the linebacker position today because we know Micah Partsons returning All-American, obviously, is considered one of the best defensive players in the country. Mm -hmm. Concern or no concern about what's behind him in terms of it translating from looks like it's gonna be good to actually being
1: good. Well, I mean I don't I didn't I didn't really think there was a lot of drop off at middle linebacker when Ellis Brooks came into the game to spell Jan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel like now that they've had some season under their belt, you know, both both Brandon Smith and Lance Dixon should be able to hit the ground running literally. In the fall, if they're healthy, I, I don't see any downside to playing Brandon Smith uh, regularly. I don't want to dismiss the chances of Jesse Lucada, who I know is a very experienced player. If Penn State wants to use him as well, but athletically, Greg, the thought of seeing at one point in time maybe Brandon Smith, Dixon, and Micah on the field at the same time—I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's been a faster trio in Penn State history uh, at the linebacker group. But, I mean, we also, I think, Greg, one of the things, I think they'll be a better group. Um, but they're going to be, there's, there's going to be a lot of times, I think, when they only have two linebackers on the field. Sure. I mean, and I would imagine it would be Micah and either Lance or probably Brandon Smith. I mean, maybe they will keep Ellis on the field. But mm. when you look at the, athlete, the athletes they have at linebacker, they have so many options. Brent Pry does. Um, and I'm sure there's some other guys. We didn't really even talk about the burgeoning five-star recruit they have, I think, who comes in August, Curtis Jacobs. Bet. And I'm sure, you know, they've always played him if they were ready or if they thought they could contribute either. Well, now, in this day and age, they have to be able to contribute um, as a top six linebacker because, uh, you know, Jordan Stout has taken really the kickoff coverage right. thing out of play. So there's really to play a linebacker as gifted as these guys as freshmen – you know, just on punt coverage just really doesn't seem like a smart thing. So we'll see, but I just think that they've they're they're so stacked at the linebacker position. I think it's I think the only mystery is, you know, I, I think it's gonna be I think it'll be Micah and Ellis Brooks to start the year. Um who's the third linebacker gonna be? Is Jesse Luceda gonna be able to hold off some of these young guys? But man, Brandon Smith, you know, I think it's only a question of when. There's a lot of people that are excited about him. And I know you and I are on that list as well.
0: Would you move Mike inside when they go four three? Would you try him at middle linebacker? Boy, when
1: he's when he's inside, I I think maybe it, there's at times he could play inside, but I think just as outside linebacker, maybe you know to the field, he can, he can cover so much ground. He can yeah. do so many things. I mean, if he ever can catch a ball that's in his hands, he's going to have a couple picks. He said
0: it was going to come when I needed it most. I, I thought there were a couple times last yeah. year that was the case. But, but anyway, he
1: he can do so many things, and really. Uh, the way that Penn State plays their defense. I mean, the difference between middle and side linebacker. I mean, in terms of being inside or outside, kind of like splitting hairs. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy like – he, he played at 245 last year, Greg. If you're Penn State, do you want him to gain weight or do you just want him to keep him right there? Right. The guy's still growing. You might be able to – I mean, he, he, he could very well play at 250 and run, and run 4-4, which is going to be fascinating to watch. But I just – and I think that Brandon Smith, boy – I just, I just can't wait to see the, the possibilities and the, the combinations that they can play with to get their best athletes on the field to really make that defense even faster.
0: Best change Penn State's made since January 1st and returning from the Cotton Bowl to now. They almost started spring practice. What is it? Best change. Um, and you can define best however you like.
1: Boy, I don't... I, just I mean, note
0: that they haven't added beer to the press box, so that cannot be a part of the list.
1: <laughs> best change <laughs> at Penn State. Um... You know, I, I, I think I, I just have a feeling for James to move on from Matt Limegrover when, you know, seemingly, and we don't know everything, right. we don't know everything behind the scenes. I kind of felt like the, the offensive line got a little bit better each year. And the, the, he obviously had better athletes playing the offensive line. But for James to move on from him and get a guy like Phil Troutwine, um, I think for both development and recruiting, I think the ramification. He could be a guy like uh, Jaywan Sider in terms of also being very knowledgeable as a position coach, but also bringing a lot to the table in terms of what he's able to do in getting four-star or five-star offensive linemen to consistently come to Penn State. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that James knew he had a chance to get somebody special on the staff, and I think. I think it's going to play out that way. Anything else you need to kick around, Bob? I mean, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. If we, if you just want to, if you just want to, you know, once we wrap up this video, we could talk about what shirts we'll wear that are identical next week. We can do that, but I don't think, I don't think the Penn State fans really need to hear that. So we could probably wrap it up. Once again, just a reminder: we're headed to State College. Just one video uh, in addition to the podcast, but there'll be more coming, courtesy of the Penn State weight training availability and our good friend joe hermit mark pines you did a great job as well but uh, i think it's time to wrap this up
0: thanks for joining us on this week's edition of the penn state blitz don't forget to like rate and subscribe leave your feedback and remember if you subscribe you'll get the podcast a day early otherwise it's on penn live every thursday we'll see you next week